Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you. For a three-hour ride on this Tuesday morning with open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. And Cap, I don't know about you, but I kind of like the doubleheader. Even in the playoffs on a Monday, I've always been of the, um, the thought process. And it started with Harry Tynowitz, because I give him credit. He always thought a doubleheader on Monday nights is always good for the NFL during the regular season. Well, we certainly got one yesterday. We got Bills and Steelers knocking off Judge Judy on CBS. Uh, so none of the usual daytime programming. You know what you got? You got a Bills-Steelers early and a Buccaneers-Eagles late. A great doubleheader, and uh, the playoffs have gotten underway. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Tells a lot of stories, doesn't it? Very well said, my friend. Hope you're staying warm, everybody out there. It's chilly, but I got something on my mind. How about the playoffs? Pretty good? Awesome. All right. Came home. Yep. We talked about this walking out yesterday. I can't work out right now. I tore my rotator cuff. Not good. So I'm laying on the couch. I'm like, here we go. I got afternoon football. I got nighttime football. The Bulls are going to Let's go. I'm in. It's great. But I got something that's gnawing at me. And I say this like you. This is my hometown. Whenever my time on earth has passed, I'm not quoting Bobby Knight, they're going to say he was a Chicago guy. Love him or hate him, he was from Chicago. That's it. This is my town, and that is the football team I'm always going to cheer for. I want to know from everybody out there, what are you so afraid of? The ones of you that are clinging to Justin. Does not mean he's not a good player. Does not mean he's not a good guy. Why are you so scared to embrace the chase for greatness? When you go out and you go, boy, I'd really like to meet somebody and get married and have a family or at least be in a relationship. You don't take the first person that comes along and go, "Eh, she's okay. Or he's all right. You don't. You strive to find love. I don't mean Jordan. Why are you so afraid of embracing greatness? Why? There's this kid coming along that every one of the analysts, even guys that did this for a living in the league, that kid's amazing. It's got to be developed. Of course he does. I want to keep Justin. You have the, maybe, maybe the two best quarterbacks in the NFC play in our division. All I know is they're still standing. Goff, he's taken one team to a Super Bowl. Now he's got another one on course to maybe do that. Jordan Love, his first year as a starter, 
He's the best quarterback in the NFC, potentially. Kirk Cousins, better than any quarterback we've ever had. That means we're fourth in a four-team division. Doesn't mean that Justin's not a good kid and a talented player. Why are you so freaking scared to chase greatness? Do we not deserve it as a fan base? We've been tortured for so many decades without a quarterback. And now the one that they're saying is generational and you are freaking out on social media, calling shows. We can't take that kid. He stinks versus the top 25. That's not an accurate statement. Everybody who does this for a living, I'm not talking about somebody who's wearing polyester in a press box eating free food. I'm talking about guys in the league. Dude, it's not even a decision. That kid is outstanding. you got to develop him. You better put a plan in place. Why are we so scared for some of you? It's like you're cheating on your wife if you give up on Justin. Damn. Sweet mother of God. We may be touched by greatness. Maybe not. He might bust. That's what happens when you chase greatness. It might not work. But it is a no-brainer decision to go down the path and let the GM do all his homework. No, we could trade it for 72 draft picks and have this guy and that guy. Guess what? If you have a Lamborghini and you got the best stereo system and you put these beautiful Corinthian leather seats in and you got these brand new yellow calipers that glisten off the sports car, if the engine doesn't work, the car doesn't run. We're not good enough at the most important position. He's going into his fourth year, and you've been touched by this gift card, as Dan Wiederer put it. Hey, Carolina gave you a gift card for Christmas. Oh, it's the number one pick, and the best quarterback to come out in a while happens to be sitting there, and you don't want him? You're an idiot to not do the homework. Thank you. There are times, Cap, where people are afraid of what's on the other side. And when, you know, when it comes to Bears fans, it's about who they know versus who they don't. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to Justin Fields, you remember the excitement of so many people when Justin Fields was drafted because it was going to be completely something different than the Bears have had at that position. Correct. And so I think that some of it is just the fear of the unknown. And I think that's the unknown on several fronts. One of them is Justin Fields, the unknown. Can he turn the corner at some point as a quarterback? That's one unknown. The other unknown is... Caleb Williams, he's a rookie quarterback. Again, I, we've seen him play. We know what he can do. We know what people have said about him. And they, I think that people are afraid of that part of it as well. Like, oh, bringing a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, does that set the Bears back? Well, I mean, you're already a seven-win ball club. Before that, you were a three-win ball club. So beggars can't be choosers. You're looking to try to improve. What I would say to Bears fans is this, is that if you're afraid of the unknown or if you're afraid that the Bears will go backwards as a franchise, keep in mind, the draft happens every year. Free agency happens every year. And guess what? For some of some, some people, the draft are a bunch of players they don't know, and that is the unknown. Mm-hmm. So you can't be afraid of the unknown. The draft and free agency is new, mm-hmm. and so you can't be afraid of new. That's, that would be my advice to Bears fans. You can't just cherry-pick a game. You know what? Because Nor- the Notre Dame game was in the Midwest, I watched it, and that guy sucked. Okay, But he's played for years. You can't use one game as the example of Caleb Williams gonna, you know, being an underachieving quarterback with the Chicago Bears. I would say don't be afraid of the unknown because you go do it every year. Do we not go through the draft or free agency every year? Correct. Those are, so that's the whole point of it. Don't be afraid of the unknown because the unknown can help you. It's about the future.
if you're dating somebody and you're like, I don't know if I want to marry him or her. I don't know. I'm not totally happy. It's okay. We have a good time. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the person. Are you settling? Or are you going, I truly believe I'm going to find my soulmate. Well, that's the same thing at the quarterback spot. Why are you settling for the fourth best guy in the division? Well, Luke Getze held him back. If we had a better off, we had Mike, uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur runs the same exact offense that Luke Getze ran. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you he's not better at it, but he runs the same exact offense. That's where he came from. Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. just a fact. Every offseason, you're trying to improve in every single as- aspect of your football team. You're Correct. trying to improve. Correct. And if you feel, if you are Ryan Poles, you say, you know what, we could try to improve at the quarterback position. I don't know, the most essential part of your football team because it's an offensive league. If you feel like you can do that, you should do that. It's pretty simple. I mean, uh, again, there are some captains been watching football for a long time, and they remember a time where a quarterback would be in a system uh, with a team for six or seven years. For a long time. The NFL does not work that slowly anymore. You want to be able to catch fire as soon as possible with a quarterback and an offense. I get that. But it's been three years. And whether it's fair or not, if Ryan Poles decides that he was going to go with Caleb Williams, what are you going to do? Stop watching the Bears? What are you going to do? Burn your, your Bears jerseys? You have to make a decision. Are you a Bears fan or are you a Justin Fields fan? Because even though we had a caller yesterday say, well, that, that's, not a, that's not a thing. Oh, it is a thing. Oh, 100%. It's, it's a thing. There's no question it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, this, this idea that there's this line drawn in the sand like, well, you got to keep Justin Fields. No, they don't have to. But as I've always said, and again, I close the loop on this very quickly by saying that I'm a Bears fan. And I want Poles to do what's best for the team. And, I, and if that is bringing back Justin Fields and giving him more offensive weapons and a better offensive line and having a good draft, if that's the best thing, do that. But Caleb Williams is here, and he's going to be the number one pick for someone, the Bears or someone. You can't turn a blind eye to the quarterback class twice unless you feel like you, you're going to get to the playoffs next year with Justin and your added weapons. I can't guarantee any of that. And get to the playoffs and have a chance. Yeah. What are we? What did we see? Last, Baker Mayfield was phenomenal last night. Now the Eagles flat out quit. Yep. They did. But how about Josh Allen yesterday? Jay Moore's guy. He was spectacular. Mm. Yet we have people. I've got people tweeting at me. Can't wait to hear the people call in today and say Justin's better than Josh Allen. You can't be that dumb and watch football. You can't. Josh Allen is one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Our guy's not in the top 18. Yes, I would like for that to be a true statement, but it's just not right now. Correct. But again, some people's opinion is stronger than the, than the facts. Again, it's just one Google search. Look at the numbers side by side. Uh, turn on YouTube. Look at the action side by side. Look at the accomplishments side by side. It's pretty a, much a no-brainer, but for some, it's not. Why are you so afraid to chase Greatness. That's my question to the fan base. Like, I got up in the middle of the night and got shoulders killing me. Mm-hmm. I can't sleep. And I'm just laying there. I'm looking at my phone, just trying to pass time. We get up to go to work. Yeah. And I went, why are people so afraid to chase greatness? I'm not telling you the drafts today. We got four months. So let the man, Ryan Poles, do his work. Let him fly to L.A. and spend four or five days with Caleb. Let him bring him to Lake Forest. Let him understand what the Chicago... Dude, you need to know what Chicago's like. We're different. 
We've never had a quarterback. We think we know what one looks like. We don't. We've never had a good one. Well, you just answered your own question. You asked the question, why are people afraid of greatness? Cap, you've never seen it at that quarterback position. That's why, because it's the unknown. Like, uh, w- listen, I'm a college football fan. Shay's a college football fan. I mean, we watch this, you know, we live for our Saturdays. We've seen a lot of Caleb Williams that say, yep, that's the best quarterback that we've seen. But some have not. You say, why are people afraid of greatness? Is because they've never seen greatness in that position. We see greatness almost every Sunday with a number of teams. You saw it live in person. You saw Patrick Mahomes. I've never seen Mahomes in person. You did. Mm-hmm. You saw what that looks like, right? Yes. You saw a guy that has a command of the huddle. If, you, if there's a mistake made, he can be able to clean it up. He's the elixir to any problems that the Kansas City Chiefs had with drops or interceptions or, or bad play. It's Patrick Mahomes because he's at the top of the spear. Mm-hmm. And so... You know what that looks like. Many people do not. And there's where, the, the, there's where people are afraid. You want to know why they're afraid? They've never seen it. Right. Then at that position, we've seen great defenses. We've seen Hall of Fame players. But they've never seen it at the quarterback position. We've seen it at the running back position. We've seen it at the linebacker position. We've seen it in the secondary with the Chicago Bears historically. But not at that position. That's why people are afraid. Right. That's that- a great point. But I just don't understand. Maybe it's our time in this town to be touched by greatness again. We had MJ, the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. We've had some other really amazing players. Yeah, Walter. Walter Payton. Sammy. We've had Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. We've had Jonathan Taves. We've had Marion Hall. Like, start naming the guys that have come through. Sammy, Frank. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it our turn? Like, we don't have that now. We got blessed with Connor Bedard. He's 18. It's a process. It's a process, but he's really good. We don't have one of those on the Bulls. No. We do not. But we we've seen we it. Been touched by, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We have been touched by greatness, true greatness. So the White Sox don't have true greatness. Right. Luis Robert, really good player. Right. Do the Cubs truly have true greatness? No. Not yet. They do not. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's our turn in this town. Like, we're going to bless you guys. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> but your guy's going to make argue if, if If Caleb Williams becomes... Truly great in our uniform. That trade from last year will go down as the single greatest trade in NFL history. You gave up Bryce Young for DJ Moore, Jervon Dexter, Caleb Williams, next year's number two, and what am I missing? What's the other thing? Oh, and Darnell Wright. Mm -hmm. Wait, you got a starting right tackle, your number one receiver, the number one quarterback in the draft the next year. Like, really? That will go down as the greatest trade ever if Caleb Williams is the deal. All I'm asking people to do is to allow Mr. Poles to go out and do his job. Yeah, He's got four months. He's going to talk to his kindergarten teacher, to his high school football coach, to Lincoln Riley, to the security guard that's guarding the facility. What's the kid like? I need to know what he's like away from the cameras. What's he like as a person? Can he handle this city? Because the first time he goes out and is 9 for 26 for 64 yards and four picks, you know what the phone lines are going to be like. Told you, we should never have drafted him. Patrick Mahomes was the 42nd ranked prospect when he came out. And guess what? There were two coaches that said, I'll move heaven and earth to get him. Andy Reid and Sean Payton. Yeah. I guess they were right.
Yeah, there's no question that they were right. And then look at him now. He's at the very best of what we have in the National Football League. We wonder what the quarterback play would look like post-Tom Brady. Kind of like when Jordan retired from the Wizards. Like, well, who's going to take over the league at the quarterback position? Here you go. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, it was almost a seamless transition when Brady retired. Like, who's going to be that face of the quarterback position? Now it's Patrick Mahomes. But, Cap, again, I will just look at it from a fan standpoint like we always do. And I will just say that... There's just a lot of um, people that are not don't know who Caleb Williams is, and they are afraid of what's on the other side, the unknown, because the history says that the Bears have had a hard time historically trying to develop the quarterback position. And so that's why there might be some that people are afraid of what could happen here. Now, here's the thing with Justin Fields. How's that development going? How's that development going? Again, sure, the Bears need to be able to get better on the offensive line and get more weapons. But the point is, though, is that as it's going right now, from every from inside of House Hall to outside of House Hall, from around the country, when they look at the Chicago Bears, they say, you know, you should upgrade that position. Now, by the way, I know, I'll call it now in January, on a cold January morning, there's going to be growing pains with Caleb Williams. I don't care where he goes, Bears or anywhere else. Correct. There's going to be some issues because he's got to be able to get used to the NFL system. I, I know that we, we make this joke all the time about politics. An alderman gets hired, and then there's a complaint that's, that is uh, levied to City Hall. It's like, what's your complaint? That pothole, I just put this alderman in. That pothole's still in the middle of my, my road. I voted uh, the old alderman out to put the new alderman in to get that pothole fixed. It's his first day, ma'am. It's his first day. He, it, you can't get that pothole done just because you place your vote. It's going to take time, just like Caleb Williams. Correct. Just because, just because he gets drafted to the Bears doesn't necessarily mean Super Bowl right away. But I expect for you to have an upgrade the quarterback position. Correct. It won't be day one, though, Cap. It's going to take time if that's where the Bears are going. Correct. So just let the GM do his job. Let him do his job. People are, it's amazing to me. They're just terrified to, the, the thought that we're moving on from Justin, fourth best in our division. We're dead last again. Oh, and by the way, we finished dead last and Minnesota didn't have their quarterback or their all pro wide receiver. Mm hmm. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. They played how many quarterbacks? Four. Mm-hmm. I think four. Josh Dobbs and uh, Jaron Hall. Uh, it, and we still finished the dead last. Yeah. What are you afraid of? It, it blows my mind. We listen to guys who got, have gotten paid millions of dollars to make these evaluations, whether it's Rick Spielman, GM of two teams. He just got hired by Washington. They want his expertise to help them hire their next guy. They've already got the GM now, and now they're going to hire a coach. And he says, best quarterback prospect I have seen next to Andrew Luck in terms of being ready to come in the NFL and play now. I don't want that. Why? Well, our guy. I I bought his jersey. Yeah. Really? Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Right. Because there's an emotional and financial investment in all of our teams. You pick the player that you like. Like, for me, like it would be like a Jack Sanborn mm-hmm. or it would be like what Jalen Johnson brings. I like all the Bears, but there's certain players that's like, boy, Montez Sweat to Bear, I'm going to get his jersey. Right. But if the Bears decide to part from Sweat in two or three years and they move on, they want to get younger position, what can I say? Like, a perfect example is Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. As I was sitting there and you were sitting here and we, you told the story about Roquan Smith. They came across Smith is no longer going to be a part of the Chicago Bears. 
I'm a Georgia football fan. Yep. And what I said at the time is, Cap, that's just business. I love Roquan Smith. I said he should be here for a decade. He wasn't here for a decade. Right. He's with the Baltimore Ravens. And I said, you know what? And nothing I could do about it. As much as I had an emotional investment, because I would tell you, I would read the stats. You see Roquan? You see him? Look how he stabilized that linebacker position. And he was gone. It's like, okay, well, then you move on. I'm really big into next when it comes to sports. Right. I'm into next because if you just hold on and stand still, you'll always be disappointed. You're looking to get better every year with your favorite team. I mean, we've really had people calling in over the last two weeks. I would rather have Justin than Josh Allen. Tell me you don't watch football then. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Josh Allen's a top three quarterback in the league. Yeah, no question. We've never had anyone like that. But this is why this conversation is always polarizing, because we have our section of Cap and J-Hood listeners that say, you know what, if you just supply Justin with more, then he could be able to turn the corner. Maybe, but it's up to Ryan Poles and how, what's his patience level on it. This is not his quarterback. Correct. He, he looks at this and says, I have the number one pick. There's so many things he could do with it. And he feels like, I'm sure, yeah, Caleb Williams is that good, and I can't pass up on the quarterback class twice for a veteran quarterback that can't get right, that, that, that you see splashes of good play from time to time. What did Lewis Riddick tell Waddle and Sylvie? Yeah. Flashes get you fired. Yeah. Oh, see that move? Yeah, off-platform, as Waddle calls it. It was not the design of the offense. The play broke down. He ran for his life, and he made a play. Great. Now, I'll tell you, on the other side of this, because I listen to a lot of different uh, sports talk radio, especially now during the NFL playoffs. So Miami's licking their chops. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's licking their chops. New England's licking their chops. Oh, is Justin Fields going to be available? We'll take him yesterday. Okay, good. Good. Uh, they think that Justin Fields in a new system can be able to be the quarterback that he really can be. And that's, that's good. Bring, bring all the offers to our GM. They're calling us morons. Like in New England, they're just like, boy, we could bring a dynamic quarterback in that can Because they see the running ability and they see the big arm. They don't see the in-between like we see. Right. The, the missing of the wide receivers at times. And again, no quarterback's perfect. But those markets in particular, Cap, mm-hmm. you, you just do a little Google search. Fields leaving Chicago, perfect for Atlanta, perfect for New England. Miami, even with Tua, they're saying, yeah, Fields would be good with the with the uh, Dolphins. Really? Okay. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, but they're interested. The, the fan bases in those particular markets are interested in field services. And by the way, just so we're clear, somebody I know who used to play for the um, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, he's friends with Kyle as well, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have taken Justin in that draft if they had 32 number one picks. They evaluated him. Great kid. Doesn't run our system can't play the way we like to play. Yeah. I can understand that. Again, from a system standpoint. They'd rather have Brock Purdy. Okay. They'd rather have Trey Lance when they made that move. Yeah. Now they've moved on and they have Brock Purdy. Yeah. That's just a fact. Yeah. Every quarterback doesn't fit every system, so Correct. I understand. Yep. Correct. But Mike McDaniel, he comes from the Shanahan tree. I'm assuming he would not want Justin. Well, I'm a Bears fan first, but whatever happens with Justin Fields, whether he comes back next year to the Bears or someplace else, I hope that he does well. Because the, the young man has been able to take all the slings and arrows. And not that it's not been, it hasn't been that vicious. Not from the media standpoint. Just speculation. Correct. But no one's going after him, you know, trying to run him out of town. No one's doing that. Correct. But again, what we're laying out is the choices that Ryan Poles has as general manager. 
you're going to burn your jersey if, if uh, Justin Fields gets traded? Or will you move on as a Bears fan and say, okay, it's time for something next, something new? If, I, if they take the field next September, mm-hmm. first games against whoever, and Justin's a quarterback. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. I trust Ryan Poles to do all the homework, have all the meetings, and in the end, make the best possible decision for our team. It's not my job to evaluate the quarterbacks. It's not yours. We drive conversation around it. Let's be clear. In the end, Ryan Poles will make that call. He wants to win the Super Bowl as much as every one of the fans does. That's a fact. This is his life's work. So he's not going to say, my son has a Justin jersey, so I'm not going to trade it. That's not how this works. I mean, mean, some people believe that. Like, they have that jersey and think that person's going to be there forever. There's no more Tony Gwynn's. Okay. Correct. There's no more Cal Ripkins that's going to stay with the same ball club forever. Correct. We heard this before, Cap, but for our new listeners, we need to play this again because Kuyper said this again. Mel Kuyper Jr., draft expert for ESPN for many, many years, talked about what the Bears could get if they traded Justin Fields. You have no second-round pick, so some maneuvering to take place there. And if you trade Justin Fields to Atlanta, you could get the eighth pick overall. So you could have one eight and nine field and be able to recoup a second-round pick by trading down with one of those two picks, either eight or nine. So a lot of maneuverability for the Bears either way field. But if it's me, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one and trading Justin Fields. Okay, that's Mel Kuyper's opinion. What about Brian Baldinger? He was on CHGO's. Sports talking about the Bears drafting Caleb Williams overall. Bill Baldinger, big on the Bears. If you just follow him on uh, on Twitter, he's always breaking that film down. Yeah, he's very good. Loves line play. Always talks about the Bears. Baldinger, with his thoughts. Right now, the Bears hold the first and the second pick in the draft. If the Bears have the number one pick, is there any threshold that Justin Fields can surpass that the Bears wouldn't draft Caleb Williams? You have to draft the best player. Caleb Williams has been the best player for two years in a row in college football. Like, I worked with a kid when he was a 17-year-old high school kid in, in Maryland, and I thought if he went to the combine as a 17-year-old, he'd be the, the highlight of the whole combine when he was 17. Like, you walk him in a, in, a, in a film room, he's breaking down every protection, he's breaking down every coverage, how to attack it. He was doing this when he was 17. And his arm strength was every bit as good as Justin's or Russell Wilson or anybody else at that age. Now he's been coached by Lincoln Riley and Cliff Kingsbury this year. Like, he's the best player in the draft. You draft the best player. Thoughts there from Brian Baldinger. And so, Cap, when I look at the playoffs that we saw Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and we see, you know, Josh Allen, you know, Baker Mayfield aside, I mean, Baker Mayfield's had a terrific year. I know that after week two, I was pissed that the Bears lost to the Buccaneers because I called him, quote, a stopgap quarterback because I, I thought he was. And then he comes in there, and he's been fantastic for the Buccaneers. But I'm looking at the upper echelon. We're talking about Josh Allen. We're talking about uh, Jared Goff from the Lions. We're talking about um, Jordan Love with the Packers, how he's played. Uh, At the tip of the iceberg, without question, is Patrick Mahomes. And, of course, C.J. Stroud from the draft last year. We're talking about quarterbacks that play at a high level. When you watch those games... You see the difference between what the Bears have and these playoff teams as far as how efficient, how smooth, how uh, productive those offenses are where they don't miss a beat. And so that's what I want for the Bears, whoever the quarterback is. So I gave Shane a project this morning when I came in. Yeah, I said, okay, yesterday he gave, he'll read them again. He gave out the numbers, Caleb Williams versus top 25 teams. Everyone's like, well, he's not good against the top 25. Huh? We, Shea dispelled that myth. Now he did 
Caleb Williams versus top 25 defenses. Shay? Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Yeah, so the top 20 against ranked opponents I did yesterday for his full career. He played a ranked opponent 13 times, completed 66% of his passes on 449 attempts for 3,814 yards, 29 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. This is passing stats only. It's 244 yards a game. Uh, By my count in this does leave out Utah in 2022, who did not make the top 25 in defenses, in large part because Caleb eviscerated their defense both times they played. Um, Eight games against top 25 defenses based on how they finished. He completed 60% of his passes for 1,900 yards, nine touchdowns, five picks. 235 yards a game, seven yards an attempt. There you go. So that's against the best defenses in college football. So he's horrible. Horrible. Can't play. (laughs) <laughs> and yet, when Patrick Mahomes came out, what were they, 7-5 uh, and five yeah. his senior year? Yeah. Or his last year? 5-7, and seven, I thought. Uh, I thought they were. Might have been 7-5. and five. Yeah. And everyone went, ah, the guy can't win. Go back and read some of the gurus. He was wild now, but he was wild. I saw those games. I, I, again, I thought, well, if he's Brett Favre, then that'd be great. Because Favre was always off-platform and just doing stuff off the top of his head. You know, he, he was wild, too, as a quarterback, as you, as you remember. Line receptions, but yet made the big plays. That's what Favre was. That's how Mahomes, that's why I remember him in college as being. But look what he is now. Correct. See, what, you know, imagine what happens when you have a solid front office, a head coach that has offensive skins on the wall. You have a system in place that is accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives of the quarterback. And then look what happens. I mean, it's all about the quarterback, the makeup, the system. Shay's right, by the way. Shay, seven, five and seven. Yeah. 2016 Texas Tech Red Raiders. Conference record, three and six. And the uh, overall record, five and seven. 80th best out of 128 FBS teams. That team was wild. That was wild. They were just drawing it up in the dirt. Right. And crazy. so, Patrick Mahomes, there were a lot of people. That left him on the board, the Bears included. Sure. Cleveland had two picks in the top five and did not have Baker Mayfield yet. They needed a quarterback desperately. They didn't take him. They left him on the board twice. The Bears left him on the board. The 49ers did not have Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or I don't even think they had Jimmy G. They did not have Jimmy G yet. They passed on Patrick Mahomes. And their front office is renowned among the best. Yeah. Buffalo traded the pick, and they did not have Josh Allen until the following year. Mm-hmm. So that's how much doubt was out there about Patrick Mahomes. They developed that kid, and he's the best we've ever seen, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and Patrick Mahomes in a Bears uniform is Henry Burris. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Because if you don't have the infrastructure, Cap, it's just a name. Argue. Well, it's just a name. Right. We get this every year, just like, well, uh, if we had this guy, only if we get this guy, we pass this guy up in the draft. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you don't have the infrastructure, if you don't have the coaching. Correct. And by the way, the cherry on the, on the crap Sunday for this Chicago Bears team is this. So, and a great question, whoever asked that question, might have been Potash, might have been Weeder, I'm not sure. But just the amount of coaches that have been fired already through two, two years. So we talk about stability, right? So, but you fired a lot of coaches because of issues that's within the building or outside the building, and you fire your offensive staff. Where's, where's the stability for a quarterback there? Where's your system? See? Right. Like, 
draft Caleb Williams. Fine. But the OC, as I told you yesterday, that is a crucial hire. Crucial. Crucial hire to the point where if this guy is hot as an OC, Cap, get your Super Bowl before that guy gets another gets a head coaching job. If it's going to be that good. Right. But get it done now. Get your perennial playoff victories in. Get to the Super Bowl because that guy's going to be a hot name and he'll go someplace else. I want it to be that hot. The guy that they interviewed, Liam Cohen, he's worked in both college and the pros. Mm-hmm. He's the one that they say really developed Will Levis to get to the NFL. Now, again, is Will Levis going down as Aaron Rodgers? Not yet, but he's a pretty solid player to develop at Kentucky. So he has some resume of working with quarterbacks. Greg Roman has had success in the league. So we'll see. There's a bunch of guys. I like the guy at Seattle, too, Shane Waldron. So why are you afraid to chase Caleb Williams? That's the question that Cap is asking. We're asking as a show. Your thoughts, 312-332-3776. Be part of our conversation on Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, the quarterback situation, and all the quarterbacks you saw in the playoffs so far. Let's talk about it on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Checkmate 1-6, on target. That's why I see him in my shot. Shot or no shot with Captain J-Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Captain J-Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... Betty Club Hawthorne Betting Bars, featuring horse racing, video slots, and sports betting through points bet throughout Chicago land. Here is Shay W. Norley. Good morning, boys, on a Tuesday after Super Wild Card Weekend. As we head into the best weekend there is in NFL football, the divisional round. I cannot wait. How are we? We're good, man. We're good. We're good. I wish there was more NFL tonight. Yes. Yeah, we're good, despite it being colder than a mother-in-law's kiss out there. Let me tell you, it, 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 it is rough out there. My mother-in-law's question. been gone for eight years, so that would be a cold kiss. No question oh. about it. Oh, God. No, no question. Have you, have you tried? Jeez. Oh, have you tried lately? <laughs> yeah, just exhume the body. Yeah. I mean, you can't just have a little fun here. We got to immediately think that's a negative. I just was having fun. I Whoa. Was a lovely, All right. So it's a positive. Woman. So kissing the dead mother-in-law is a positive now. I didn't say that. It's just having a little fun here. Come on. We got to lighten up. I mean, she's gone. It is what it is. She was a lovely woman, but it is what it is. Woody, we're going to see Cap later on with a flashlight and a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Necrophilia. (laughs) Just a little fun in the morning. Just a little fun. Wake up your Tuesday. Cap's dead mother-in-law. Sorry, Nice kiss. (laughs) It's all right. You did a recap right afterwards, right after the service, right? I did. Yeah, no problem. Hold it sideways. Here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome into the recap. I'm David <laughs> Kaplan. She's dead. I'm alive. And so are the Cubs' chances. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it went something like that. Wow. I'm going to go and look on YouTube and see if I can dig that up. Wow. <laughs> you pardon the expression. <laughs> all right, Jay. All right, let's get started with shot or no shot. Uh, I thought Super Wild Card Weekend, not by design, but by circumstance, did one of the great things I've seen. Three doubleheaders are what we ended up with thanks to the rescheduling in Buffalo. Originally, two games Saturday, three Sunday, and the lone Monday night game. But instead, a triple doubleheader. Shot or no shot? 
We need three doubleheaders every Super Wild Card weekend moving forward. That's a shot. I think the ne- I think the NFL's next uh, opportunity, their next idea, is just to have a playoff game every day, just one a day. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Football every day. <laughs> Why not, Cap? I mean, nothing else rates besides live sports. I think they ought to play a baseball schedule. Football. That's it. I need 162 games. Just run across the board? Every day. (laughs) How about that, Shay? Just have playoffs just every day. I mean, just once a day, just to wet your beak, just once a day, and just have like seven seven in a row. Do you know how cool it is to be on your couch on a Monday afternoon? Oh, there's college hoops on that TV. Oh, there's NBA there. Hon, what are we doing for dinner? Here, I got this. All right, well, the games start at 3.30 in the afternoon. Dude. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Shay, give me the markets. Give me the percentage of markets in which you could draw on a Monday afternoon, and it'll be sold out. 100%. All of them? Yes, Not every a- single one. Except Carolina and Arizona, right? <laughs> Listen, if Carolina's in the playoffs, I think they're filling the building for a Monday night game or a Monday afternoon game. What if, what if the NFL starts to look at that and just like you know what, for our regular season, how about a three thirty? How about a four o'clocker? How about that <laughs> on a Monday? Like through the regular season, all the way through the playoffs, you get the doubleheader. Could you fill your stadium? That's the question, Shay. In the regular season, regular season, it's probably more like sixty percent. Why the Cubs sell out in a day game? <laughs> yeah, but you can't you can't guarantee that the team's going to be any good. That'd just be unbelievable. On a, on a Monday afternoon in Carolina for a three-win football team, you're not selling out. People are going to stay at work. <laughs> man, oh man. Let me tell you. I mean, that's the next step, Cap. I think we start, we do a 5.30 Monday night game. People can go to work, mm-hmm. leave a little early, get home, cook up dinner and watch that, and then have an 8 o'clock game. Jeez. Let's go. I mean, it, that's, that, I, that was incredible just to sit there on yesterday in the afternoon like, oh, there's the NFL. Look at that. No Judge Judy. The best. No no local news. Just r- straight best. through. The best. No entertainment tonight. It's amazing. This it, in the Twitch chat, I actually like this idea. What about getting rid of Thursday night and moving it to 10 a.m. on Sunday? Sure. Yeah, but we've got the Europe game. It's always at 8.30. There's only, what, four of the international games that are early Sunday morning, though? I got it. This was the first year I fell in love with those. And the Bears are in one this year after the Chiefs used their trump card to say, nope. You're not taking the Bear game this year. So now coming up, we go to where? London? Yes. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I miss. I think if, we, if there was four, I missed two of them. I didn't catch it at the beginning. I was like, because you had to readjust. Oh, bleep, there's, there's football on. All right, let me turn this on, right? Yeah, because I think the Jaguars stayed there for two weeks. Didn't they play two games there? I might have missed like a half because I forgot because I'm used to the 12 o'clock start. Right. So, uh, you know, so I just... Uh, I think the NFL is such a juggernaut, and believe me, Shay, from where Cap and I stand, football was cool, but it was never like this, where no. it's must-watch. You can put it anywhere, and it'll draw a number. When I was a kid, this is true. Crazy. Little Bruce Kaplan and I were, I don't know, 10, and we had to go across the street. Our neighbor, Bobby, had one of those like 50-foot antennas, and they got the bear game from South Bend, Indiana, because it was blacked out in Chicago because it wasn't sold out. Yeah. And the NFL had those archaic rules. Yeah. He had one of those towers, and he could get the game. Yeah. That's amazing. That's right. It's totally different today. 
All right, Shay. All right, the Bears yesterday interviewed former Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman for their OC opening. Roman has publicly praised Justin Fields this season. He was a speculated fit for building an offense around him. He said he's got a skill set that Roman's familiar with. Shot or no shot, the Bears interviewing Greg Roman at least means they're considering keeping Fields. That's a shot. They're keeping all their options open as they should. Just let Ryan Poles do his work. He's going to spend a fortune in money and a fortune in man hours with his staff doing everything they can to find out about all the quarterbacks in the draft, compare them to what they got, and I think in the end, unless Caleb, some red flag pops out, they're taking the quarterback. Period. I think that's a shot, but I think you should finish that thought from what you had on the text chain yesterday about Greg Roman. What did I send you? I want to make sure I'm accurate here. We have we send a lot. You said well, he can do more than coach a running quarterback. Oh, they yeah, might be he's bringing been him a in. tight ends coach before. Yeah, they did fire one of the tight ends coaches. They could reorganize their staff. They're trying to build out the best way to develop a quarterback. Whether that's fixing Justin's problems or bringing in Caleb Williams or Drake May or you, and so. Poles is on the road going and interviewing all these different people. He's gathering intel. Because once he announces, I've picked whoever, Liam Cohen. Well, you can't keep bringing guys in to get their intel unless you're giving them a job. Yeah, and so I think it's a shot. And I actually think it's smart. If they hire Greg Roman, like you mentioned, maybe not OC. That's why I wanted to get to that point that you made yesterday. I like the idea of having multiple people in the room. Now, there's only one offensive coordinator and one head coach. Correct. But I like the idea that you have multiple guys in the room that can help you look at every angle of the offense. That's doing your due diligence. Well, that's why when Jerry promoted, I'm sorry, Reinsdorf, promoted Chris Getz without talking to anybody else, my problem with that was, why didn't you go interview, whether it's Theo Epstein, who's not working for a team, or this guy, or the assistant in Atlanta, or the guy in Tampa, or the guy with the dot. What do you think of our talent? Tell me about your pitch lab. I want to know what you guys do on the medicals. Like, get all that intel. The problem was, when you fired Rick and Kenny, who's asking those questions? Jerry doesn't know what questions to ask. He's 87. See? This is smart by polls. Interview as many good guys as you can and gather all that intel. Maybe someone says something to you about, have you thought of doing it this way? No. Like, that's a great idea. No. And Jerry didn't want to learn anyone new. He knew Chris Getz. He's the only one that was left. Chris, you, you run the team. Okay, great. But what about anyone else? So, so Chris's idea is bring as many assets from Kansas City, the team that's under your shoe, because he into knows the organization. Them. Well, just but see how ass backwards that is? Yes. They're down in the basement with you. You know what? They know baseball. Do they? Right. Like, how about if he had said, I'm hiring, like, 12 guys from the Dodgers? All right. Now we're cooking. Pretty good team. Yeah. Now we're cooking. Now you're talking about top-shelf team, knows how to win, knows how to be able to cultivate minor league talent with the major league talent. They spend through the nose money-wise, yes. But they also know how to develop talent. And instead... Tune in. That's it. That's what you got. Uh, why do I need to do that? I don't need to let anyone else. Chris, just step over. Just just one chair over. Just step over. You're in the middle of the pack in the minor leagues, but you know what? No one really knows. I'm working on a ring on her night. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Sosa, come on over. You're the Panther. You were pretty good. He was?
Here's Shay Norley. All right, I'm scoping out the NFC through the quarterbacks. There's almost no question the five best quarterbacks in the NFC are, in no particular order, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, and Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy, we got to see it work out in the playoffs. Dak is off yet another playoff failure. Kirk Cousins off an Achilles tear. Was it an Achilles? And mm-hmm. a questionable future in Minnesota. Dak may not get an extension in Dallas. That leaves Love and Goff. Shot or no shot, the two best quarterbacks in the NFC are Jordan Love and Jared Goff, and they're in your division. That's a shot. That is an absolute shot. Jordan Love is in his first year as a starter, and he looks amazing. Now, they may get their head kicked in at San Francisco. They have the youngest roster in the NFL. One more offseason, and they're off of the dead money on Aaron Rodgers. And then look out. And Jared Goff, he's taken one team to a Super Bowl and may have a second one. Because I think they're winning and going to the NFC title game. So, yeah. who knows? That, that's a shot. Um, I was dead wrong about Jordan Love uh, as far as where he is right now. Now, again, early in the middle, and also in the middle of the season, it wasn't looking good not just for Love but the Packers. But they were able to turn things around. And Love is as comfortable as Rodgers or Favre ever was in that offense. It is amazing to me where he does not look overwhelmed in the offense. And because the system works, love works, the running game is great, the offensive line, everything works in concert for the Packers. So just think about that, Bears fans. This is what we talked about in our number one. The idea that you have golf and you have love, Lions and Packers, and then there's, again, Kirk Cousins put up so many numbers. Again, there's always a ceiling to his, his success. However, you can take, the numbers that he's put up has been amazing. And then there are the Bears. And then you go outside of it, there's no one in the NFC South that uh, fits that description as a top two. As uh, Shea just mentioned, Brock Purdy with the 49ers, we're going to see what that looks like. And the NFC East, I'm just not the biggest Dak guy, but I can understand when we look at what we have here in the East, it's Dak and it's Jalen Hurts. So those top two come from the North. Even more pressure on Poles and the Bears. Even more. And also, a really big hole to climb out of. If you've got a, a experienced quarterback in Kirk Cousins and you've got Goff and Jordan Love, you're still in the basement. You're in the basement of a number of divisions. Got to fix that. Got to fix gotta it. Got to fix it. Got to. Shake. All right, Shake. Can you squeeze in one more, sir? Yeah, because yesterday uh, trade restrictions on all NBA contracts were lifted. There are no more trade restrictions in the NBA after yesterday. This means that the trade market, with about three weeks to the deadline, can finally heat up. So shot or no shot, the Bulls will trade Zach Levine. That's a shot, but they're not going to get much back in return. They're going to have to take on bad contracts. You just want them to be short-term bad contracts. So you get out of it. That should be a shot, Cap. However... I believe that the Bulls will trade DeMar DeRozan and or Alex Caruso by the time we get to the deadline. Now, with Zach Levine, it's so unfortunate because it sounds like I'm beating up on him. I'm not. I'm not beating up on Zach Levine. What the Bulls have is a bunch of players that are the third or fourth options on good teams. And they just happen to be all together in the Bulls. That's what it is, Cap. I don't want to beat up on Zach Levine like he's the reason why the Bulls are in this position. It's just that Zach is in a position where he, he had to get paid. That was the question. Cap and I talked about it at the time. Got to pay Zach Levine. All right, you paid him. 
But then where are you going as a franchise? He's the face of the losing or the ineptitude. But, Cap, I'm not going to put it all on him. What I would say is is that now you're at the deadline. You can't stand still. You have to make a move. I know that they're the settlers up there, and they're good with the status quo. And I know that they were winning without Zach. But you got to make a move in one way, shape, or form. Michael Reinsdorf's not going into the tax, and the team's not good enough to go into the tax, quite frankly. I know that there are some that will say, oh, the Bulls are cheap. No, what's, why would you go into the tax for this team? You see how they played yesterday? Yeah, they're, they're not good enough. Why would you? Correct. So, so I think that they will look at DeRozan and Caruso. I know that LeBron would love to have Caruso and or DeRozan on the team yesterday on the Lakers. And we get Hachimura and like a D'Angelo Russell back. I don't know. Right. Draft pick. You're not getting Austin Reeves. They made that clear. That's correct. And according to Windhorst, Brian Windhorst of ESPN, came out the other day and said, zero chance that they're giving you Reeves and zero chance that they want Zach Levine. <laughs> I mean, that's not good. No. Some team is going to want Levine, yes. but the, and, and, and if that's the case... You're going to have to rebuild this thing. And I don't want those guys rebuilding this thing. Me either. I I do not. Could you imagine? Oh, God. (laughs) Those guys, like, okay, guys, we're blowing it up. Yeah, and shout out to Bill Simmons. Yeah, they're not a top six team in the East. Because you see that tweet, Bulls are a top six team in the East. Fight me. I'll fight you on that. They're not. They're not. Around the NFL with Shane Norling. Here we go. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I won't win it. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Got Albert Breer coming your way at 8.35. We talked to him about the Bears offseason and uh, stories around the NFL. He was in the room, by the way, for the Robert Kraft dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. Got to ask him about what's happening with the Patriots and more. But first, around the NFL, here's Shay Norling. Shay? Yeah, overreaction Tuesday. But before I get to that, we have a little news. Yeah. Uh, Jason Kelsey announced to his team that he is retiring from the NFL, the Eagles Center. In the locker room yesterday, said he's done playing football. In tears. How do we imagine that conversation went oh. after the 32 to 9 embarrassment? Kelsey gets in the locker room. Yeah, guys, uh, F you, F you. I'm out. You're cool. Goodbye. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. The first one, the first F you goes to Sirianni, I'm sure. Hey, coach, F you. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know your whole thing about soil and putting your hand in the soil in the dirt when you first got hired. Yeah, I'm putting my hand someplace else. So long, everybody. Yeah. It's not going to be in the dirt anymore for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm done. Yep, I'm going to do my podcast with my brother, and I'm going to be Taylor Swift's brother-in-law. Hmm. That's it. Maybe the Kelseys should go out together. How he's much- not retiring. He already announced he's coming back for another year. No, he said he's playing in 2024, and he is right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> you never know, right? They had a bunch of signs at the Bills game last night. See you next weekend, Taylor. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so, but Jason Kelsey, we already saw him uh, during the Bears game, didn't we? What, didn't he sit in with Al and, and Herb Street? Yeah, on Amazon Prime. On Amazon. Amazon. Here, against Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I think that's his next lot in life. He's going to do some TV. Yep. And rightfully so. A good personality for the league. He's great. See, see you next week, Taylor. <laughs> There's signs all over this. That's the best. All right, Shane. 
Uh, speaking of the Eagles, I saw something last night that I don't think I've ever seen before in the uh, NFL playoffs. A team flat out quit. That team flat out quit on their coaching staff. They must hate Nick Sirianni, and I don't blame them if they hate Matt Patricia, but they straight up quit on the field. 32 to 9 against Tampa Bay. This team started 10 and 1, and then all the stories about A.J. Brown's pissed off, and Jason Kelsey can't figure out what's going wrong, and Jalen Hurts is in a bad mood. That team quit. They did. They flat out embarrassed themselves. was it Brad Kevin Bradbury? What was the name of the guy? James Bradbury, James the corner. Bradbury. He missed Kevin like four tackles. Uh, he had some of the most pathetic tackling efforts I've seen in a long time. Horrible angles. Yeah. Horrible angles. You know what that game reminded me of? The Bears against Dallas a year oh, ago. Oh, God. When we had business decisions all over the field. Don't remind me of that game. I was five Lone Star beers in in Austin, Texas watching that like... What are we doing? Are we shutting it down for the day? They shut it down. Holy cow. I said, Cap, this is terrible. So you still won't play anymore. Okay. And I hate to use the Q word because I'm not out there. I'm not in the locker room. But you could see it. Like with this game last night. Here came uh, Tony Pollard or Ezekiel downhill. I'm out of the way here. Holy cow. I'm not getting in there. But watching that game yesterday, they shut it down. They shut it down. I mean, but I've. No, Shay, I've never seen anything quite like that. Sure, you've seen pop-up losses, like upsets. No, they play like this for a while. And I couldn't have been more wrong about their Super Bowl chances because I didn't know that they would just go from 10-1 and one to just not caring. That's tough. First team ever to start 10-1 and one and end up with seven losses. I, I mean, it, I, you blame everybody. I know that Sirianni's name is on the uh, chopping block, but you blame everybody. And I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I, but just he's part of the problem also. Both sides of the football just like, nah, we're just not going to play hard. We're just not going to have the same verb that we once had. Nah, just right. not going to well, do it. I was going to say, too, like talk about business decisions. Levante David's chasing Kenneth Gainwell around Jalen Hurts. Hurts has a chance to block David. He doesn't even need to do a lot. Just stand in front of him. Get in his way. And Gamewell's open. On the other side of the field, he's taken off. Hurts stands still and throws his shoulder at air. I'm like, dude. I saw that. It's the playoffs. Yeah. Two plays later, takes one of the dumbest safeties you'll ever see. Yeah, that was was bad. Horrible to watch. Uh, Especially a team with all that talent. Ask the Bears would they like a lot of that talent. Sure they would. Those are significant upgrades. But not together, not collectively. That was something. Yes. Missing. I mean, the angles. Like, it it pissed off Ray Lewis so bad because he was on the Manning cast watching this. And he was in the middle of it and said, guys, Peyton, Eli, I, it's hard for me to watch today's NFL when guys do not group tackle. You know, when you're a defense, you also you're trying to stop the opposition. But also, you're trying to be able to have a plan and a scheme to slow guys down. He says there's so much one-on-one football. He says he has a major problem with it on the defensive side. One-on-one. You know what a big part of that is? Is Matt Patricia's their defensive coordinator. And this, <laughs> No, this is the next thing on my list. I, watching them, like their defensive line is good. So Fletcher Cox got in for a sack. A few guys on that defensive line got in for sacks on Mayfield. They got pressure. But Matt Patricia's a guy, refuses to blitz, will only rush four, and will only play man coverage. And then wonders why he doesn't get pressure and why his secondary gets shredded. 
Well, it's because you're creating one-on-one assignments everywhere on the field, and you refuse to create pressure. Duh. Eberflus defense wouldn't do that. No chance. <laughs> that would happen. Right, Matt? That would be me. We, we heard. Yeah, thanks. Right? All right, Jay. Uh, Mike Tomlin is done in Pittsburgh. And I will tell you, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's done a bad job. I just think he was too good for his own good. They haven't had a good quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger left, and even at the end with Ben. And part of that is when you have a winning season every single season, you're never picking high enough. Right. He was too good for his own good there. Jay Moore, lower the music just for a second. I got to make this statement. My partner has been pining for Mike Tomlin for a while. He would love for him to be on the sideline for the Chicago Bears. The Bears brought back Matt Eberflus at least for one more year. Third year out of four. Tomlin might go do TV after this season. We'll see. But Mike Tomlin will be the next head coach for the Chicago Bears. Go ahead. Praise the Lord above. I'm with you now. Your lips to God's ears, Hoodie. Like, does that make sense? I mean, because the way he walked away from Brooke Pryor's question, Coach, you have one more year left. Coach? <laughs> Gone. Gone. Right? Didn't even go, not tonight, nothing. Gone. Usually he'll answer the question. Walked off. You know it's on his mind, right? And I just think that he deserves to be there as long as he wants because that's how the Steelers operate. With three coaches in 60 years, something like that, 60 and plus years. And you will not have to give up any compensation because if he takes a year off, you can let Eberflus do his deal, whatever it is, and then he becomes the next, like Sean Payton, the biggest domino out there. Where's he coaching? I'm just telling how's, you. How old is he? He can't be 50, old. He's my. He's 51. 51. Yeah. Okay. Game on. I'm with you now because if it is true, and again, I know he's frustrated. That thing's not going to get turned until you find the right quarterback. They went to Rudolph. You know they wasn't going. They weren't going to win yesterday. No. But I watched his eyes, and I watched how disappointed he was. And I thought he's got a son that plays football in Boston College, that's playing college football. I could see a year away, and then kind of retool and brother polls saying we haven't gotten this thing turned. You want to come back to coaching? You're no Bill Cower. You want you want back in, don't you? And then all of a sudden, it's Tomlin, it's Poles, it's Kevin Warren. It's a barbecue. <laughs> it's a damn barbecue in Lake Forest. Brother. That, that's exactly right. Look out. <laughs> here we come. Ah, Mr. Tomlin. So glad to have you here. Uh, the standard is a standard, Mr. McCaskey. Brother. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go get my he steps in. <laughs> All of a sudden, Cap. See ya, homies. <laughs> my homies. Um, so. Uh, uh, you know, Smokey Robinson's going to be at Ravinia. Would you like to join? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be what? We're trying to win football games. You go. Uh, All right. I'll report back. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm just telling you, guys. Oh, my God. Cap, I'm just telling you, man. He's coming. Jay Moore, could you see it, man? A little Tomlin, a little Warren, a little Brian Poles. <laughs> Caleb Williams is a quarterback. <sighs> telling you. Oh, man. What a party. Oh, man. Oh, doctor.
Things have changed around here. Oh my God. <laughs> George is walking out of bottle of Hennessy at the tailgate. Mom, I'm, just, I'm just saying, Mom, I'd like you to meet our president, our GM, our head coach, and our quarterback. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, oh. and, and winning? Oh, cap. Because that's the top shelf. That's top shelf. Right? I mean, out of the coaches available, Tomlin. Get it? Done. Imagine. I mean, because, again, that I thought that was a far, far, far away pipe dream. And then to see Tomlin's eyes, it's like, oh, man, he doesn't know if he can get this turn. I mean, hey, he, I mean, he turned water into wine again this year. Ten and wins with that crew? Playoffs for them? But just to get in, it was just an accomplishment. Let me ask you a question. We saw Ricketts and Jed have a press conference. We love David Ross. He'll be back. You know, we're expecting a lot next year. Oh, wait. Who's available? Uh, David? Yeah, I'm flying in. I got to talk to you. You're gone. Yeah. Could that happen now? I mean, I think that's still an outside possibility. Like I said, you passed up all these coaches. And, and it's, again, a rich coaching class that's available. Hmm. And you went with Eberflus? What if Mike Thomas steps away? Just for a year. And the Bears still kind of middle. They're still not where they need to be. You want to upgrade it. That's what teams do around here. We, we give the many examples of that. Why not the Bears? Agree. Could you imagine walking in? Oh, standard is the standard. <laughs> <laughs> ah! So I was watching the Jeffersons last night. Didn't know how to be able to have a conversation. It's like, don't worry about that. We're trying to win football games. Get me some shows so I know more how to interact. Oh, my God. (laughs) What's this stack of DVDs from Tyler Perry on my desk? (laughs) What what is this? (laughs) I come into the facility and BET's on the TV. Very strange. Hmm. Bet. Oh my god! What is that I didn't about? know we hired Harbaugh. <laughs> wow. Just say it. Bet. Can you sneak in one more? You have another story? Just very quickly. There's wow. one more coach that I want to address. I have a ton of respect for this guy. He's an offensive genius. He's a Super Bowl champion, and he might also be Mike McCarthy 2.0. Sean McVay does not know what to do with a timeout or a clock or a late decision in a game. Mm. He it just year after year, it feels like this always costs him. Halftime against the Lions, he had timeouts and one of the best passing attacks in football, and he chose to play chicken with Dan Campbell on who's going to call the first timeout. Well, then you got to go into the locker room empty-handed when you could have really taken control of the game. Then at the end of the game, decides to kick a field goal down four with eight yards to go, and then punts from the Lions' 44-yard line with four and a half minutes left. He never got the ball back. Mm, He's Mike McCarthy, too, and he's a genius. Mike McCarthy's the same way. Offensive innovator, great offensive mind, Super Bowl champion, terrible clock manager, terrible late-game decision maker. Shay, is this the... I don't know the answer to this. That's what I'm asking. Is this... In the NFL, isn't there someone up top that can help you with that? Isn't there an extra coach that can help yeah. you with timing situations? Belichick had one. Didn't they bring one in for Eberflus? A guy that can help you with time. Yeah. They time, have that. Well, clock Everyone manager. has clock. one. So everyone in the NFL has like a clock manager person. A guy person. up there in their ear. Hmm. Yep. So I don't know why that... Yeah, that you know, 
McCarthy's number one on that list, but I can see how McVay could be number two because Back, it comes you know, down to little things like that. You know Ruthie Poliski from uh, NBC? NBC? Mm-hmm. I think her husband's that guy. I didn't know that. Uh, pretty sure. I know he's up. He's in the analytics department. I think he might be that guy. It's always good to have him. Maybe listen to that person. Mm-hmm. Unless that Take pers- a time out, coach. Yeah. yeah. Take a time out, coach. Because there was the guy Belichick had who just retired like a year ago. Mm-hmm. They said that was the only guy he really wanted to hear from in his headset. Coach, do not take a time out. Coach, challenge this. Coach, the, and he followed whatever that guy said. And in basketball, well, that was you. That was me. You're just, you're just on coach, the... Coach, take a time out. We only have one. Coach, take a time out. Yep. Why'd you have me take a time out? Look at the time. Look at the situation. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Come on. Come on. Right. All right. Because everything's moving so fast. Yeah, yeah. I get it. All right, coming up, we will hear from Albert Breer, his thoughts about the Bears and the rest of the league. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10.